Ladies and gentlemen, John O'Shea's and Neil Mopay's. Welcome to Worldie. Ladies and gents, welcome to episode 26 of Every Goal a Worldie. What are we going to do on episode 50? Are we going to have some, kind of like some special... We're only halfway there, admittedly. But... <laughs> we're, 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 we're over halfway there. Yes, now. That is the voice of Mr. Andy Roberts. Hello. How are you doing over yeah, there? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Well, How... I'm sort of recovering. I've still got kind of a bit oh. of a cold going on. It's rubbish. Yeah, so apologies, everybody. We missed a week out, um, and that is because we were both really sick. Yeah, poorly sick. So sick that we couldn't do the podcast. So sick that all I could really do was sit on the sofa and watch Netflix for four days. Yeah, that's that's pretty bad. I I, I think I was I was still capable of playing Red Dead Redemption Two. <laughs> I wasn't so... really even capable of playing oh, video mate, games. That was, bad. It was bad. That's bad. Yeah, it was bad. But I feel much better today, and I've been. Uh, I went to work, which was miserable, but but it does mean we can be right here, right now. On the pod. Yes, back on the again. pod. Back on the pod. So, it's been a topsy-turvy week. The funny thing is that every time we come together, it seems that one or other team is kind of on a little bit of an uptick and the other is on a bit of a down. And actually, since the last pod, it's gone both ways. It has, yeah, it's, yes. We've had both, haven't we? Yeah. And now now we're back to, to Reading on a little bit of an up and Oxford very much on a bit of a down. Well, it, yeah, to a point. To yeah, a point. I mean, the, the, we'll, we'll get on to it, I'm sure. The problem was not so much the results. Uh, for Oxford, but the manner uh, in which it happened. Yeah, and we'll go. We'll get on to that in a bit more detail. But yes, you're right. The 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 game on Saturday at Scunthorpe. Um, wow, well, it. it, it it could have gone better. Yeah. Let's talk about some other stuff that's going on in the football league before we get on to, uh, to the Royals and the U's. Uh, massive result in League Two yesterday. Yesterday? Sorry, it wasn't yesterday, was it? It was a few days ago now. Okay, yeah, Saturday. So we're Monday at the moment, aren't we? MK Dons. 4-0 against Creepy Crawley. Really? Dons are now in a strong position. And they did that without Oli Palmer, their top scorer. Do you know what? Just just to say that the, or everything you say to me is going to be a surprise because because such <laughs> was the misery <laughs> yeah, of Saturday. the, the, way, the yeah. way Saturday went. I have paid no attention to uh, anything else in the Football League. So yeah, sorry. Well, I'll tell uh, they you, did yeah. that without, without their top scorer then. Yeah, so they were out without their top scorer, Oli Palmer, and uh, uh, Chuck Saneke, who's also on the top scorer's list. Uh, they're obviously doing very well. Um, so yeah, they, they, did, they did rather well. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, so where are they? So they're what, like second in the table now, MK Dons? Is that what I'm looking at there? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty depressing, really, isn't it? it is. um, but, you know, um, every time MK Dons get mentioned, yes, and they're doing well, it just, it just, a, a sort of small sort of like ripple of rage flows through me to be, to be honest with you though and and there's there's nothing more to this than uh, a, a long long held hangover from from Steve Evans I actually quite like to see Crawley do badly and and yeah. there's no real yeah, yeah. reason for yeah. that. They're just like a nice little. Well, they're just a small little club. Um, but Steve Evans, his stain is a problem. Yeah, them. exactly. We, you know, it, 
We used to call, I think it's Broad, Broad, no, Broad Hallway, no, that's Stevenage's ground, Broadhurst Park, I can't remember what it was called. Anyway, Crawley's ground, we used to call it the Crooked Shack. Um, <laughs> because it partly, you know, obviously Evans was there with all this dodgy money, but yeah, they, they were kind of bankrolled and, yeah, and there was okay. just something a bit dodgy about the whole thing. A boat load of kind of London gangsters involved in the whole thing, Prob- <laughs> probably, probably. Let's say they Allegedly, were. yeah. Yeah, let's say um, they were. But yeah, no, so I say... I, I don't know why, but I still just have a little bit of a need, little bit of a problem with Crawley. Probably shouldn't, but so um, so I'm, I'm, so I'm not happy that MK Dons beat them, but I'm quite happy Crawley lost. Shall we visit our our friends Macclesfield? Um, yeah. So yeah. So they another had the, absolute shocker, and they had like a tiny little spark of life, didn't they? They yeah. thought, holy cow, the turnaround is on, but 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 no. Yeah, I mean Jay O'Shea scoring for them, not John O'Shea. Jay O'Shea. Jay. Do, do not confuse the two. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they lost one. They lost four one at home to Berry, and it leaves them now adrift in a way that is possibly irreparable. Yeah. So, um, what? How many points are they on now? They're on seven out of seventeen matches. Jesus. That, I mean, that's that's. That's I mean, we support bad. some shit teams this yeah, season, but that do. is on another level. And, and it, it sort of makes you feel a bit better it about makes me yourself, doesn't it? I mean, it, I feel Macclesfield. bad for the Macclesfield fans, but yeah, one win out of 17, four draws and 12 losses. So, so I mean, Oxford have been that team before, so it would have been um, the last season. Would it have been the last season at the Manor? Um, when the season when Oxford um, were relegated into uh, League Two or Division Three, as it was called back then, and Oxford were the first team in the country to get pre- uh, relegated yeah. across all the divisions. And, and actually, I was up up at university during that time, and it was sort of before I started really properly following Oxford. But I kept an eye on them just because it was my hometown team, kind of thing. Yeah, and it was just, it was just, it was just, it was bad enough watching it from afar like that. God knows what it was like for the people who were here. Yeah. And we've had bad seasons since then, but nothing, I don't think, quite on the scale of that. That must be a tough one. Um, just a little mensch uh, for our friends over at Swindon sorry. Town, sorry, who uh, picked up a, an excellent loss away at Colchester. Yeah, they've had... They, do you know what? They, they've gone a bit shit, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, they've lost three out of the last five. Yeah, so because they, they, they had that kind of exciting, like, like spectacular start when they were either amazing or rubbish and everybody kept getting sent, out, sent off and <laughs> yeah. like, everybody scoring in the night. 98th minute of all of the different yeah, games and stuff it, like yeah. that and so it looked it looked like they were going to have like an interesting season but that's just petered out into a very kind of average dull boring shit season. that's right yeah they're down to 16th place firmly yeah. mid-table five five wins six draws six losses that's pretty average um bad. just quickly going back to um the uh the berry game the macclesfield berry game yeah. nicky main did nicky maynard score again for berry so Nicky Maynard is. He did pop up with a so goal. He, he, yeah. So he, and we'll come on to him. Well, we'll briefly mention him again later. But this is a little teaser into one of the conversations we'll be having later about Oxford United. He was an option. He was something that Oxford were looking at, and ultimately, I think the board basically said to Carl Robinson, "No, it's one, it's one, two. It might have been a ways too far. It might have been because he would have been he he was asking too much money. Not sure, but he was turned down, and he's now been at Berry for." Basically, a few weeks, and you've got the top scorers listed. Yeah, that's and he's right. fucking yeah. on there. Is he? he is is he higher than any Oxford United player? Oh, oh certainly. Yeah, yeah and, and and that is based on a few weeks of, of football. Six goals, is, two assists for Nicky Maynard since popping up at Berry. That look, and and let's not be silly. That's not to say if he had joined Oxford, he would definitely have scored that many goals. That the world doesn't work like that. Sure, but he's proven he's a player that can score goals at that level. Exactly. You know. 
So let's move. Let's move on to League One and results outside of uh, of Oxford Scunthorpe. Um, what have we got of interest this week? Charlton once again proving to be very strong. Portsmouth also Barnsley picking up wins. Bristol Rovers an excellent three 0 win away at Blackpool. Um, so uh, my boss, my boss's boss's boss, chief executive at work. Anyway, he's a he's a Plymouth fan. Um, and we were having a chat uh, just before the weekend and we were talking about uh, our, our size and who we had and he said and I said um, are you joining us on our march up the table then um, and, <laughs> and he basically said well he said I, I, I kind of hoping we were going to be marching on our own to be fair but he said but we've got Sunderland this weekend so I think our, our, our day is over and I said no you've just, you've just you've played the right teams at the right time like Oxford that's given you the confidence we demonstrated by drawing away at Sunderland that Sunderland are not some kind kind of like unbeatable kind of sure. you know what well, do we beat them but you know what I mean they're not some kind of like impervious impossible task uh, but no they just went ahead and just got beaten <laughs> yes they went ahead <laughs> they went ahead and beat them 2-0 um, and Plymouth oh dear it's looking it's looking bad times Aidan McGeady actually scored both goals in that game. wow look at that. Um, both Wimbledon and Bradford City also lost. Now I think Bradford have lost like the last five, last four. Both Wimbledon, AFC Wimbledon, and Bradford both lost five on the bounds, and Plymouth losing three out of the last five, which has drawn them off the bottom, leaving Bradford City down there on ten points. It's very, it's very interesting because Plymouth and Oxford obviously had fucking terrible starts to the season, um, and and lots of other people started doing okay. But yeah, as you said, you mentioned. Uh, um, uh, Bradford and Wimbledon uh, Scunthorpe prior to Saturday had lost five in a row as yeah, well so yeah. there's a lot there's a lot of shit football teams in this division well, quite, that, I mean, that, that might be our saving grace just yet <laughs> that bottom four have all won three games mm-hmm. so that's probably against each other I imagine I can't remember if there's been any real surprise um, there was one Plymouth result wasn't there that I think was a bit of a um, yeah and, 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 and for Oxford's first victory came against Burton Albion okay, and yeah. they're like mid-table I think so yeah. Yeah, so it's it is looking poor for those teams. And the teams at the top continue to win. Sunderland with five on the bounce now. Uh, Portsmouth picking up wins, and when they're not winning, they're drawing. So it's looking pretty strong, I'd say, for Plymouth and Sunderland. They're starting to to draw away. Um, Peterborough, Barnsley, Luton, Accrington, Stanley making up the uh, playoffs. I can't believe Accrington are still where they are. It's ridiculous to me. Um, yeah, and it, you would you would th- you would expect Accrington might start to struggle. I mean, I don't know what their their squad size is like, and I think they've you know because they they don't have any money, um, yeah. so they must be they must be doing this on bare bones and on kind of confidence and being on a roll or whatever. I don't I don't know, but but one one would suggest that you know once those pitches start getting heavy in the winter and yeah, things like maybe. that and some like get a, pick up a couple of injuries that might that might have a bit of a knock on effect to them you, you never know you never know i mean they you know I want to see him go down, Andy. Momentum down, go down. Momentum, <laughs> well, I don't mean down, down, but oh, down the table. Oh yeah, but moment, momentum can only take you so far. Although, having said that, it can take you to winning the Premier League. As happened that is to true. Leicester. That so, is true. You know, you never know. That is true. Crikey, a mention for a Premier League team. Yeah, that is a rarity on this show. Uh, so, uh, outside of outside of League One, let's have a look uh, up at the Championship table and what happened uh, over the weekend. I know the one important result, which we'll get to a little bit later. Uh, but Blackburn picked up an excellent win against QPR. Blackburn looking quite strong now. Um, yeah, and because you know they they came up 
this season, didn't yeah. they? So, I mean, you know, that was a... And I think they had a bit of a rocky start, didn't they? So I think they're probably just trying to find their feet a little bit. But yeah, fair play to them. They steadied the ship. Three wins out right. of five now. They're yeah, up into eighth place in the table. Uh, a handy team and uh, supported by friend of the pod, Graham. So yeah. love to the... love to the, What are they? The Rovers? Uh, it's the not, it's, Rovers, yeah. It's, it's nothing just, more exciting I than don't that. think so. It's just the Rovers. Okay, but yeah, he'll yeah. be listening to this as he, uh, he makes his way through <laughs> Paddington Station. <laughs> it's his favourite horn. He loves it. He does love it. Getting himself a little donut. Now, now Brentford still going very, very strong. Uh, I think Brentford are one of those teams. They're a little bit up and down. We played them at uh, we played them at the Medeski, but they picked up another win to get themselves back on track after a few after three losses. I think they're a decent team. Yeah, they are a physical bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and any time that I think any time your team comes up against a team that is physically massive, it always feels quite imposing. You're like, look at these boys. They're going to give us a game, even if they're terrible, because they boss the pitch. You yeah, know? and that's what I think Brentford can do. Classic teams who are like that back in the day. I mean, not to say back in the day, but in sort of recent years. So um, they're not like this so much anymore. But Fleetwood, about four years ago, they would just they would just come and kick fucking lumps out yeah. of everybody. Um, I tell you, what, Graham Wesley's Stevenage as well. They weren't massive, but they were so physical. They played like a really kind of brutally physical game of football. Um, and they just, they, 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 they won the game by just physically dominating your opponents. Yeah. And, and it is so frustrating watching your type team, especially when you know they can play football, right? Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and exactly. the opposition are just, but you know, I mean, that's a legitimate way to play the game. It's not it necessarily is. how I would want my team to play it week in, week out, but at the same time it yeah. is it, it had a, yeah it is tough to take sometimes uh, Frank Lampard's Derby County picking up another win 3-1 at Birmingham Birmingham were quite poor this season uh, again, yet again I mean I don't know how Birmingham pick up the results that they get because when Reading have played them twice this year they've been poor we actually drew with them uh, what did we end up doing we drew and lost uh, drew and won sorry um, not a good side I don't think and uh, Derby taking care of taking care of that and moving their way up the table. I, I saw a little clip of uh, Leeds United playing the other day and some of the defensive work that they were doing. So there was... Uh, I've forgotten who they played this weekend. They played yesterday, didn't they, I think? Or did they, were they the late game on I Saturday? Think it was the late, I think it was the late game. Uh, but, 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 but I can't remember. Anyway, so... Oh, no, maybe they're playing tonight. I don't know. They, did, they definitely play because I, I, I was listening to it and I gave a little cheer because Kemaru scored. Oh, um, and in the the commentator called him Kemaru because they they Kemar. do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but they the opposition team broke away and they came back and it was just the the number of players they flooded back like eight of them and they all descended on this one guy who had broken away and between them they nipped the ball off him and carried on and it was like that level of desire and passion from that team is what Bielsa is all about right? yeah yeah and it and it, 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 it puts other teams to shame and when I see that I think that's not hard that no. isn't difficult that is just good coaching and a little bit of passion from those players every team could be doing that now I, I, I don't like to talk about kind of like top flight football very often um, and I've usually massively dismissive of teams like Barcelona but I remember watching Barcelona I think it I think it would have been when I can't remember who was their manager there possibly Guardiola maybe yeah. um, but when they were really 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 good um, and I and I didn't I didn't like their style of football. They're fucking bored by their little triangle triangles around the halfway line. Um, but one of the things that was so noteworthy is whenever the opposition got the ball, there was literally three three Barcelona players, yeah, just right around yeah. them. And actually, there's not a great deal of expended effort. 
for those people just to get there. But it was just, it was relentless, constant relentless. You know, we, you talk about, people talk about high presses at our level of the game and things like that. But that was just constant pressure. Yeah. Which, and when uh, the players that are putting that pressure on are the same players that can nick it off you and make an incredible pass to score yeah. a goal, it's devastating. It is. Absolutely devastating. But uh, it, so it's always, it's always, I mean, and there, probably, there are probably reasons for this, but it's always surprised me that you don't see more teams playing, employing that kind of tactic. Not obviously not to that same kind of level, but like not, not allowing your players, the opposition, time on the ball because yeah. because it's historically that was kind of always the big thing about the English lower leagues is that, that the Premier League teams didn't like playing lower league teams yeah. because they'd be they right on top of them. And, yeah, 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 then yeah, they'd kick, yeah. you out, kick lumps out of you and all of that. But you just don't see, seem to see it anymore. You don't seem to see that kind of like constant relentless pressure anymore. And I love that in football. Yeah, I absolutely. love seeing your players just harrying, giving shit You want to, to see non-stop, right? You want yeah. to see action all the time and it is, it is rare to see it. So before we move on, I just want, the reason I had the top goal scorers charts out is I wanted to mention Neil Mo. Excuse me. Wanted to mention Neil Mope of Brentford. Okay. So although they're in mid table now, I think they're a decent team. But they've scored twenty five goals. I think the team at the top of the table has scored twenty eight. So they're scoring a shitload of goals. Yeah. But Neil Mope, French French uh, forward, he scored eleven goals and got six assists this season. Jesus, and it's only November. Yeah, which is just I think worth a mention at this point in the season. Uh, quite amazing stats. Uh, it is, and it's. I mean, that's what I mean. You're looking at probably 25 to 30 goals a season. Yeah. Form if he can maintain that. I mean, obviously, it's difficult to maintain that kind of thing. Yeah. Be interesting to know how many if there's like a hat trick or two in there. But um, but nevertheless, that's a that's a pretty good turnaround, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And you look at the list of of players that are up there, and a lot of them are ex Premier League yes. players. So Mope stands apart as well. There, you got Billy Sharp, uh, Lukas Djokovic. Uh, Lewis Graman, Dwight Gale, Jay Emanuel, Rodriguez, and our boy, Kemar Roof. Kemar, Kemar's in there. Good for yeah, him. Yeah. That makes me so happy. So that is good to see. Right then, uh, what are we going to do then? Are we going to take a little break and then come back with some hot Oxford chaff? Yeah, let's do that. I've got, I have some things to say. <laughs> okay, you got some hot takes from yes, the weekend. I, do. I really Excellent. do. Right, we'll take a little cheeky break and we'll be back in just one moment. Hello, is Pep here? If you get the chance, listen to Worldy Pod. They're great guys. Great guys. So, at the week at, at the weekend, yes. uh, Oxford United uh, went away from home. Yeah, on a little jaunt. So to Scun- Scunthorpe. Um, to Scunny Thorpes. So for. if. First thing to say about Scunthorpe is yeah. that I, I didn't bother going because I've, I've been before, and I'm, I'm sort of. I'm, I'm <laughs> and that's to, enough. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I've sort of had the ideas of going to as many away games as I can, but I'm now kind of thinking I just get to do the ones I've been <laughs> before. I've been to Scunthorpe; it's not a great place. We accidentally went there once because we thought it was a seaside resort. I um, thought it was a seaside. Yeah, it? it's fucking not. Oh. It's up in Lincolnshire. It's basically... I don't understand Lincolnshire. I apologise to any people from Lincolnshire on the show, but I just don't understand it. No, I don't. I don't know what's going on. It doesn't make a lot of sense. And their sausages are not good. Which one's that? Is that the curly one? No, no, that's that's Cumberland. Oh, okay. Like a Lincolnshire sausage is kind of like a weird herby kind of thing. It just doesn't doesn't work, guys. Yeah. Sort your sausages out. I don't want too much herb in my sausage, to be honest. So anyway, so... um, Yeah, so... Scunthorpe is a... it's 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 just a steel city basically right. um but all the steel factories have shut down so it's just 
broken. Um, anyway, that's an aside. Um, <laughs> a so little uh, bit of editorial on Scunthorpe yeah. there. Um, we actually, to be fair, we had a really good night out there. We okay, were dancing good, around the ladies. Brought it back. And stuff. It was great. Very nice. Um, yeah, so um, <laughs> we went 3-0 up, which was wonderful. Um, uh, Nick Harris, bless him, from Radio Oxford, uh, decided, well, if we score a third, it'll be game over. We scored a third. Oh, that's dangerous talk. This is game over. This game over. I can't see anything other than an Oxford win now. And then, obviously, Scunthorpe then went and scored three goals. Um, So what happened? Because Oxford scored three goals sort of spread out over the first 50 minutes, right? Yeah, and, and... they were, I mean, reasonably work, well worked goals. Sheets. So uh, James Henry scored the first one, really nice he's, he's, finish. He's finding some form, isn't well, he? Well, I mean, look, James Henry has he is a, a really good player. I think he struggled a little bit in terms of the the position that he's found himself in because he's effectively playing kind of midfield at the yeah. moment, which isn't a natural position to him. But he is a very good footballer. Um, so he, but he's contributing even when he's not the greatest player on the pitch. He's contributing. So, um, and and that's kind of the, that's kind of one of the differences. So he scored the first one. Um, I'm struggling to remember who scored the second one. It might have been Cameron Brannigan. Um, and then yes, in a was, new was, feature, I found yeah. that this is I. You know, I'm not a massive fan of Sky. No, nope, but I nope. am gonna pimp this because that's quite cool i found that there's a single web page you can go to that just has all the efl highlights yes on. yeah I, I, I was not aware of this. yeah no i do that so i watch i watch those but the thing is i watch them on my phone and sky sports fucking video player on mobile phone on the mobile version of their website oh, yeah. is dog shit oh really just does not play very well on on mobile browsers which is rubbish um, i was just yeah. thinking of a new feature we could we could watch the goals um, I, I just, I've just watched them. I don't. Is want to it watch bad? Them. It's just depressing. Is it bad? So, so the the the, the, the first the, the the Oxford goals are great. So the first goal was a really well worked team move. James Henry scored it. Um, second one was Cameron Brannigan scoring from close range, and the third goal was a scrappy one from Curtis Nelson. Right. Um, so, and that was fine. The three Scunthorpe goals were. They're all from set pieces. I think the first two definitely were. One was a kind of a short, like a penalty corner kind of free kick yeah. that was taken like a penalty corner to some bloke unmarked on the edge of the penalty area who then put the ball in the back of the net. Um, yeah. So you've, you've actually missed the build-up to that to that goal. The build-up to that, that was a cracking really nice. goal. Yeah, but it was a great finish from James Henry. This is great radio as well. Uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Watching TV. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it'll be people, people can actually go on to the... Yeah, uh, exactly. It's, it provides a nice watches. bit of context. Yeah. But this is good football from Oxford, you know? There's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, look I mean, and, and, and we and we've been doing that. I mean, in Oxford, have you know been a, in the last in the last handful of games, Oxford have suddenly found their scoring boots. Yeah. Um, and so, so all of that is perfect. You know, the, the, there's no huge great concerns about there at the moment. The problem, the problem is, is I, I still think it's a mentality thing here. And if you watch this, I mean, there's penalty corner here. Look. <laughs> oh yeah, I see. And no fucking yeah, those things should not happen. They really. shouldn't happen. The, the, sec, the second goal is an absolute wonderful free kick uh, from the Scunthorpe player, and, and oh yeah, it's a right, beauty. it's over the top that of the wall. There's, there's nothing that the, yeah. the Eastwood's going to do about that. I mean, that's an absolutely marvelous free kick. And then um, this one's just a bit frustrating. Again, nobody picking up men in the penalty area. I hate it when balls uh, knock around the. This is yeah. like every Reading goal they've ever yeah. conceded. They're all like this piece of shit where no one can clear the ball. So. So, so anyway. can, I, can I make can I make an observation? Mm-hmm. Isn't it nice to see a team playing in their proper kit away from home? You do not see it very often. No, that's very true. Actually, I yeah. really like that. I really like that because there's opportunities where teams could play in their home kit away, and they don't. They wear some horrific 
yeah. like orange or yeah. Although you know, I, although bright I, pink number. I will say though that Oxford's away kit will probably clash with the claret and blue of. Stanford, uh, okay, so maybe so, that's what's driven. Yeah. It. yeah um, anyway, so <laughs> sorry, random right. side. Um, and, I, and I fucking hate claret and blue kits. I hate all teams that wear claret and blue. I don't. I don't know why. <laughs> I just have. I have this inbuilt kind of Burnley, West Ham, Burnley, Aston Villa. Yeah, all of them hate them. Um, and I don't know why. Crystal Palace. No, it's not cast purple. It's not coming. Oh yeah, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. But anyway, um, so look, I mean that 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 game was what it was, right? I mean, it was uh, if we uh, before the game, if somebody said you're going to get a point out of this, we'd probably been all right with it. Yeah, probably yeah, been yeah. okay with it. And it's the manner, isn't it? It's the manner of three it. goals. Oh, that is tough to take. It's and a psychological is, blow, isn't it? Um, yeah. So and and Carl Robinson post match just said, oh, you know, it was a um, oh, we we'd got arrogant and stuff like that. Which I mean, I, I don't know. I I think we were. I think the the first the first goal was just sloppy. The second goal you couldn't do anything about. Third goal was was again just not clearing our lines very well. That 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 was, but that was our confidence having been knocked yeah. by that point. Um, but. Yeah, the, the third goal happens because yeah. of the first and second, right? It, it, t- t- tell me a little bit about Carl Robinson again, because uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was <laughs> you were getting very pissed off with, with the nature of his post-matches and, and how he was talking about the team, and he was really not consistent in his in his delivery. Is, well, he, is he, he... The last couple of weeks, has that improved? Well, he, yes and no. I mean, he, he still contradicts himself um, in, his, in his interviews. I think he has settled down, I think. I think he's taken... There, there's definitely been a marked change in the way that he and his coaching team have... have have been approaching football games. Right. They've been a lot more kind of, and, and this has been mentioned. They've been talking about this publicly about them being a lot more calmer, a lot, a lot, a lot less, a lot more restrained on the sidelines, not okay. shouting and jumping up and down in people's faces and things like that. Because people didn't like it. Oxford fans didn't like it. Um, it's not very fucking dignified. Yeah, um, sure. But and and his post-match interviews as well. He has he's calmed down a little bit. But you know that has also come on the back of the fact that we have been. You know, we're six unbeaten, so so it's easier for him to talk in sure. post-match interviews in those situations than it is when everything was all going to fucking dog shit. <clears throat> yeah, um, quite. But in, in in terms of in terms of the context of this, and this is this is one of the the this is this is this is where we're kind of uh, no further forward a little bit because um, we've we, we're now six unbeaten, which in of itself is is fine. If we Retain if we scored if we scored points at the same rate we are currently scoring points. I think I calculated we would finish like eighth in the table. Yeah, um, okay. but but that would involve us remaining unbeaten for the rest of the season, which is, <laughs> which is not going to happen. Yeah, sure. Um, the 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 last the, the last ignoring the manner of the ignoring the manner of that that draw. Yeah. Um. I, you know. I think it's been a it's been a pretty decent it's been a pretty decent run. I. We we're gonna need to we're gonna need to start picking up some more wins than we are at the moment. Um, and like we you know, we played Scunthorpe, who had lost five on the trot, and we've not managed to beat them. But nevertheless, we've we've played a lot of teams at exactly the right time to play them. Um, so there is a big question mark, which I don't know the answer to this, and I don't think anybody knows the answer to. The question is right in and and also we've played a lot of shit teams in there, but we've got two good away draws against Southend and somebody who I can't remember um Charlton yeah um so all of that that's a great that's a great run now is that is that us steadying the ship giving us a platform from which we can now kick on 
Or is that actually just a product of what it is? We've just played a lot of shit teams and got a couple of decent results in amongst it. And, yeah. And, and this is having, the problem. You tend to get your good results against shit teams. Yeah. And, <laughs> I mean, this is just what And happens. we've played a lot of shit teams all at the same time. Yeah. Um, do you know what? I haven't actually looked to see what our, our fixture runs like coming up. But having played a lot of shit teams in a row... It's very plausible we're going to end up playing a lot of good teams all in a, in a short space of time. So ask me the question again about how well yeah. we're doing after we've had a bit of a run of, uh, of, of of more difficult sides. I don't know. But at the same time, compared to where we were six, six games ago, um, we are in a much, much, much better position. Um, we, 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 there, there is still definitely work to do. Um, but but at least at least we're making some progress in the right direction. There is one other thing that I want to talk about, yeah. and I think it's, it's slightly related to that point that I'm making, is that um, Oxford United are currently um, we currently have Niall Ranger, basically football's yes. worst human being. Yeah, um, I, I did see this, and he's currently training with Oxford United. So um, he's a free agent. At the moment, is he's he? A, he's a free agent. So working backwards, he's a free agent because in, I think it was in January, he was released by Southend United for basically being a disruptive influence. He never turned up to training. He was he was basically massively unprofessional and they just had enough of his fucking right, yeah. douchebaggery, basically. <laughs> yes, yeah. um, so, so, they, so they got rid of him. They released him from his contract because he was, he was a disruptive and negative influence on their football club. Um... And that, for me, and we'll get on to the other issues as well in a bit. But that, for me, is the f- number one fundamental reason why we shouldn't be we shouldn't be signing this bastard. Yeah. Because yeah. for all of the other moral aspects of it, and there are significant moral aspects to it. For all of that aside, right? We are currently in a position where our our, our squad is actually kind of in a in a in a positive space. They are kind of they they've together they have turned things round. They've got themselves in a situation where they are. Um, They've turned around a really terrible start. They've got themselves, as I say, potentially a, yeah. a base, a base from which they can kick on. And they've on. clearly got talented players up the field, yeah. as well. And so it's not like you're hunting for for, for something. There. No, the the one thing is, is is we don't have we don't really have anybody in the way of like a real striker, you know. But then you just look. I was just looking at his senior career stats, and yeah. he's he's not proven enough for me to be worth. Dazzle. No, you know? no, and he's, he's he got ten in forty five for Southend, and that's easily his best statistics. There's almost nothing else to show. I think he's got a hundred hundred and sixty two games or something, and he's got twenty nine goals. It's dog shit. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and and part of that is actually because he's never had a clear, consistent run in uh, in a football team because he's either in trouble with the police, he's in prison, he's been booted out of the side for being a disruptive influence. Um, there, is, I cannot see a single good reason for us to sign this person um the yeah i mean if you look if he he was his contract at um his contract at swindon was terminated mutual agreement uh blackpool he left out of contract to gain south end the same so i mean it follows a pattern can i can i just can i just say i mean we've both got his wikipedia page up if you scroll a little bit down right we've got he's got a legal history section okay and i'm just going to give you a little flavor of his legal history session so section uh in 2007 the age of 15 he was sentenced to 11 weeks in the young offenders institute in may 2011 he was questioned uh, by newcastle after posing with a replica gun on a photograph in august 2011 he was arrested on suspicion of 
assaulting a man in Newcastle city centre. Um, he was charged with being drunk and disorderly in Newcastle. He was fined for the FA by making a homophobic comments on social networking website Twitter. In 2012, police were called to a house in Enfield for reports of a disturbance. Um, I, I've got it. Right, and that's, he's that's, not a nice guy. That's ha- we're not even halfway through. That's like a third of the way through. He's been to jail for fraud. Yeah, um, the, the guy has been repeatedly like accused of violence against women. Right, you're, 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 and 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 yeah. that, there's a lot. There's a lot. There's lots of people talking very pragmatically about this, and that's fair. Okay, where they're basically saying that this is effectively a guy who is a free man, right? Any any debts to society he he has paid. He you know so he's done his time effectively. Sure. And um, so therefore, you know, give give a guy a chance. Well, I would argue that guy has had fifteen chances and he has chucked every single one of them away. What's to say this is different? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, but but all of that all of that's kind of well and good. But we we're doing this with a footballer who. How is he going to improve our lot? He you can not, see not, you not, can see with certain players like Mario Balotelli, right? If at the highest level, mm-hmm. there's a player that clearly has talent and can change games and can do something special. And some teams are willing to take a risk on him because they're like, right, he could be terrible, but on the pitch, this guy can do something special. For this fellow, it seems like he can't do that either. And it's not like there's a shortage of players. It's a highly competitive sport. Yeah. How does this guy still keep getting gigs? That's what I don't understand, because there's any number of other players going around. Because <clears throat> I, I, I imagine he probably comes really fucking cheaply. And this, yeah. is, this is probably why there's a potential consideration for him coming to Oxford on the basis. When we, we, we weren't able to get Nicky Maynard, but we might be able to get have no him. Ranger for a couple of grand a week because um, he knows it's only going to last six months and then he's going to be out again. And like, so apparently, apparently so he's training with the club and apparently that happens quite a lot anyway. Um, um, Carl Robinson said he basically begged him um, to, to come and train with Oxford just right. to get an opportunity. Um, and, and Carl Robinson gave this whole big spiel about if he, he said he's a million miles away from he even remotely getting to the point where he's proved himself being capable of coming to play for Oxford. He said, if he comes here, I'll have him in primary schools every week telling everybody about all the bad things he's done and, and how he's learned from. So he's, Carl Robinson's laying a platform to say that this isn't just we're just giving a red carpet to a bastard to come to our football club. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah. so, so he's making all the right moves. And I, and I, and I, as much as, as much as I don't as much as I'm not a fan of his I I actually think probably in his head that Carl Robinson thinks he's doing the right thing or doing a positive thing but I I actually think his motivation is more that he has been seduced by the idea that he can be the man who turns Niall Range around I genuinely I just think I think he's he's, here's an opportunity if we can do that if I can turn this guy around look I can say I'm the man who tamed the beast of Niall Range and turned him into a wonderful footballer I do not think the disruption to our football club is anywhere near worth no. that kind of re- I just don't think it is um, and, and it, what's been the general feeling then from fans about this well I mean and bro- broadly the same so I mean there's obviously lots of people really um, really um happy with it just because the ethics of the thing you, you've, you're setting yourself up as a, as a as a family club you call yourself a family club what does that say to to uh, to young 
young lads yeah. who are coming through to 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 watch his you know that person is that person a role model how you know he he keeps getting football jobs at really good football clubs so he you know there's nothing wrong with what he's doing what does it say to say to young women and women come and talk to yeah. united yeah. we're saying well actually this is a guy who's treated people like that that we're giving him a platform to 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 the gay community yeah that you know these are all people that we want as part of our football club and yet all of those people are people he this guy has wronged yeah. with with very little in the way of apparent remorse as well the um, problem is that because because players football players are football players regardless of what else you do in the club when you hire somebody like that he's a footballer he's high profile and that's what people will see isn't yeah, it, it is. and at the end of the day they're the names on the team sheet and that so you could be doing all kinds of other stuff and undo it by having somebody like that in the club and 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 oxford you know, it, well, any football team, right? It's, it's an extension of the the personality and and the 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 kind of the heart of the the, the person that supports them. People yeah. who are really really in tune with their football club, it's a part of them. And and so when they see that that thing that's so close to them doing something or employing somebody who is so abhorrent to them in yeah. terms of their personal moral values, you can understand why people are upset with that. Now there was a similar. Situation. This is why this is why like the Steve Evans effect is so powerful, isn't yeah, it? Because it is. you put a t- toxic element into a club and that toxic element seeps into the whole system the whole culture of the club and people tend to hire people that are like them don't they yeah. so you end up with more and more of these bastards and and this this is actually one of the reasons it gets to the fundamental reason why I, I i don't think i'm ever going to be happy with carl robinson at oxford united football club even if he takes us up the league and gets us promoted or whatever because Partly because stuff like this happens, but also because I, I, I see all of the good work that's happened over the last kind of three or four years chip, being chipped away at and eroded. All of the goodwill and all of the the positive reputation that Oxford United have fought... Oxford have had to fight against circumstance to get ourselves into a position where we were able to hold our head up for once in the last 20 years and say we were proud to be Oxford United supporters really properly to have the rest of the country looking at Oxford and going that's a club doing things the right way we've now turned from all of that into a club who are now uh our, our footballers are, are basically diving. They are playing a cynical game of football. They're spending time down the floor. We're doing the Graham Wesley thing where we go down off the ball so then everybody can run across to the side. All of the yeah. things that we derided other football teams for doing for, for such a long time, Oxford are now doing it. You add into stuff like... like um, potentially employing scumbags like Niall Ranger into into this into the side and and all of those things that just un, unpicking all of the positive things that have happened over the last kind of three four years for Oxford United and and that is why I, I, I don't think I can ever ever be happy 100% happy with Oxford United while Carl Robinson's our manager because that's the kind of football he does you know if this was like a desperation just to get us out of a, a, a difficult situation then fine but this is this is just how he is it's how he operates and 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 it's it's so frustrating to see from a position and I'm not I'm not trying to compare him to Michael Appleton or anything like that that season was a one off you know one in a generation yeah, kind of sure. amazing season yeah. but nobody's expecting that again 
but but at least at least adhere to some of the principles, some yeah. of the positive principles going on there. And we just don't have that at Oxygen Light at the moment. Well, well, well. Strong words uh, from Mr. Roberts. I think we're going to take a break while he has uh, has a glass of water and calms down. Then we're going to come back and talk about Reading picking up a rather nice victory. So that will be a slightly more positive <laughs> chat. And we'll be back about that in just a moment. Kick him up and down the training pitch. Right then. So... The Royals have picked up a victory, and not only have they picked up another victory, they've picked up another victory at home, and we've now won three out of our last four home games. And and from afar, it looked like quite the football match. It was an absolute belter. Really? Terrible quality. <laughs> like, like, absolutely horrific quality. There's... V- Apart from the goals. So the football, like if you watch the highlights reel, which we will because there's some good goals in there, Okay, um, it looked like fantastic flowing football, but in reality it was terrible to be perfectly honest. But um, we're just going to have the uh, the goals up here. I don't know if that's coming through on the soundboard. It's not. Mm. It's not. So, oh, Jesus, we'll have it in the background. So um, basically, uh, Reading... Uh, did Reading started off very well? We got an early goal here. Uh, Yakum Mati once again. He's now scored, I think, four in four. So finding some form with John Daddy Bob Varson uh, out through injury. Uh, but as always, uh, we concede quite easily. And this is a habit that I really hate. We concede quickly after goals all the time. I mean, that's some shocking defending oh, right there. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's... Oh, yeah, no. The first Bristol City goal was quite terrible defending. But, um, yeah, we concede so quickly. When we scored the second goal in a minute, when it was a wonderful goal, second goal, and everyone's super excited, everyone's really happy. And then literally, like a minute later, we concede. And it's so frustrating. And it brings the crowd down so much. And it's But it's such a basic as well, isn't it? It's such Get a, your heads on. It's a, it's a, it's a cliche. It, you know, it's, it's such a big deal. It's, it's become a cliche yeah. that, you know, 10 minutes after you've scored. Yeah, and stay like, strong. Yeah, that's it's just basic. Yeah. So uh, Bristol City had a good little spell here. They had a few, they had a few chances. And they're a decent... They're a decent side, to be honest, uh, and they they kind of they go, kind of go about things well. But here we go. This is Liam Kelly, who had the best game I've ever seen him play. For nice. Reading. He runs towards the ball. He's desperate for it. He picks it up on the edge of the box. Wallop! Oh, that's An a absolute worldly yeah, top a corner. Uh, and yeah, he really—it was the best game I've seen him play. I, he's one of those players. This happened like ten seconds later. So <laughs> he's one of those players that. I'm never quite sure what he does. He's one of those midfielders. You're like, is he is he a forward, is he an attacking playmaker? Is he defense? Is he a defense midfielder? Like, what does he do? You know, like, what does he really do? Yeah. Um, but he proved that he can play a bit of football. Now, this was the winning goal. Now, this is actual football, and I was so excited because we'd sit just down here and we're watching this, and I'm screaming actually at this point, "Move it faster! Move it faster!" <laughs> and they do move it faster, and guess what happens? We score an absolutely lovely passing goal. Oh, that is nice. That's a really nice finish. Yeah, as well. that's that's Bakuna. You know, yeah. he, oh, I love that he's boy. a good lad. Yeah. And I, it was so good to see them try be a bit more creative, be a bit more positive, and move the ball quickly because I think. Part of the issue... Oh, another great stat. Bristol City have hit the post more than any other team in the league. Really? Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's not one you want. Yeah, no, I think they've hit it <laughs> 10 times so far Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, they... Uh, it's. It was like... They've got a, still a hangover from the Stam era where they were told to play this slow, methodical passing game. And most of that team is the same team. Yeah. So I think it's hard to get rid of that. And Clement clearly wants to play 
a wider, more expansive style of football. And he wants to use the wings and he wants to get creative players going forward, but they almost don't want to do it. And because he hasn't got the midfield working properly, they don't supply the right kind of balls. But you can see there, we're capable of doing some good stuff. And it's just the confidence to move the ball fast and to take risks. And I think that game gave me a lot of positive feeling afterwards because when we beat Millwall, we were rubbish and somehow got a victory. Yeah. And 3-1, it looked like we bossed the game. We totally and We should have lost that game, probably. But in this game, we we went ahead, we went behind. We went ahead. Sorry, we went ahead, they got a draw. We went ahead, they came back. And then we got the winner. So it really showed that I think they do have something in them. I, I sort of get guys. I sort of get, get the sense as well just from watching that very, very short spell of highlights there. But reading earlier on in the season might well have that, that spell of pressure from, from Bristol City after they'd equalised for the first time earlier on in the season Reading might have actually conceded another goal yeah. in there and that would have been curtains by that point yeah they're getting better at the back and John O'Shea is now starting more games which I think is good because we lack a bit of physical presence and a little bit of leadership uh, which is harsh for Thiago Elori because he's a really good defender but he's a bit fancy you know he's a ball player yeah. he's a luxury defender really um, so having John O'Shea back there is good Tyler Blackett is now playing at the left which we've been saying all season and that is helping as well we're still conceding goals but the, the defensive unit I think is better there's a lot of individual mistakes that are getting made so I think there's things in there that can be fixed now and I think now the guys have scored a few goals so they've scored six in the last two home games they must be thinking right we can score you know we can score and Matey scoring four in the last four Clement clearly loves the guy and wants to play him yeah. and I love him too because he works so hard um, but I think now he that confidence will help him a hell of a lot the the, the, the big question then is is are are they able to plug that kind of slightly more that slightly leaky defence without without kind of that reassuring us at the back, then having a knock on effect to the attacking football? Do you know what I mean? Can can yeah. you shore things up at the back without losing something going forward? I think that's really about the midfield, and it's about it's about getting. Well, we lost Ezetalahi, who we saw as being the guy to do that defensive screening yeah. job. Lost him to injury until at least Christmas, I think. Uh, which is why now we're going through this thing of playing lots of Liam Kelly. Um, John Swift again was the was the full guy at the weekend because his you know his luxury stylings were not uh, were not needed. So they played with Bakuna Kelly um, and a youngster who got his first start, Andy Rinamota. So he's a Reading youth player. Had a really good game. Okay, that's good. And that's so good. I think that's where we can hopefully plug that gap is by sorting out the midfield. I think the defense is good enough because. Uh, you know, Liam Moore's our best player, I'd say, on mm-hmm. the team. Uh, next to John O'Shea with that experience, with Blackett and, and, and Yadam, I think that back four could be, could be good. And I think if the midfield can get itself sorted, I think that will give them the confidence because I don't think there's anything fundamentally wrong with that back four. I don't think there's any weak link in there anymore. And I mean, I, th- I think it's that's sort of similar to, to the situation Oxford were in. And, and, and actually under Pep Clotet as well, that was a problem Oxford had. And it, it wasn't the fact that the, the back four were, well, actually, no, the full backs were shit under Clotet. But um, <laughs> but it wasn't that the, the defenders were necessarily poor in their own right. But they were, they were, they were, for, for different reasons under the two different managers 
they kept getting exposed unacceptably yeah, by their yeah, midfield yeah, yeah. under Clotets because they kept making silly mistakes and giving the ball away. Um, and in uh, under Robinson, it was because we just we didn't have a coherent midfield that was able to put string passes together. But that but that and that sounds like it's happening at Reading. It it makes such a big difference if your midfield is not able to retain possession whatsoever. Exactly, you're always on edge. You always yeah. where's the next loose pass coming from? And and and, and it puts your defence under unacceptable pressure where they don't have their midfield backing them up. Up, the the yeah you're going to concede goals. One thing that drives me absolutely crazy, and I don't know what what it's all about, is we bring back all eleven players for corners, and I think it's a terrible idea. And we concede a hell of a lot of goals from set pieces or like just after set pieces. And I think part of that is the problem. There's no out ball. Everything's like a. It's like we're defending in the 95th minute against Man City, you know? Like, that's what yeah. it feels like every time that there's a set piece. Like, just stick Bulldog or stick someone up the field as an out ball. Stick Matey up the field as an out ball. But they're so afraid of, like, miss, missing a header, which we miss anyway yeah. with 11 players back there. You're like, yeah, we, we're shit at set pieces, but at least have an out ball. I think you can, I think you can have too many people in the defence, in the yeah. penalty area as well. I genuinely do because it, it's difficult to know who's. And, and look, you leave two people on the halfway line, you know that the attacking, exactly. the, the other attacking team are going to leave three back. Exactly. They just yeah. are. I'd love to see us play with that level of confidence. Yeah. And maybe that'll come. But all in all, it was a lovely weekend. It was probably my favourite game of the season. Well, I'm so glad you're far. happy. Well, sorry about that. <laughs> we, we shall see. So I think that brings us probably towards the end of the show. Yeah, it does. Sad news, really. So, uh, oh, Jesus Christ. That press, was straight into the theme music. Press the wrong button. <laughs> we planned so well to get the ending right, didn't we? That really worked out. Let's try, let's try again. Breaking the fourth wall yeah, a little bit now. Yeah, there you go. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's usually so seamless. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. You can check us out, WorthyPod, on Instagram, WorthyPod, uh, gmail.com. If you want to send us an email, WorthyPod on Twitter. And you can find us on Podbean and all those other places that you find your podcasts. So, thank you once again and we'll catch you next week on Wealthy. Fucked it. <laughs> <laughs>